This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Travis Schreiber, the BamaOnline.com staff following the media viewing periods at Wednesday's football practice at the University of Alabama. It is homecoming week 2019 here at the Capstone, the Crimson Tide. Under beautiful skies on Wednesday, working out in full pads uh, outside. We'll see about the weather this weekend. Not sounding all that positive, is it? Coming up for Friday and Saturday, a lot of high school football games here in the area being pushed up to Thursday, being in advance of the inclement weather that is anticipated on Friday heading into Saturday. Hopefully it won't force you to change your weekend plans all that much. Still should be a lot of fun around here. I mean, right here in Coleman Coliseum on Sunday, you're going to have the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team taking on Georgia Tech in an exhibition game. Yeah, that's right. Open to the public. You need to come check that out Sunday. High noon here. Uh, but, of course, first you're going to have um, you're going to have the quad activities on Friday night. You're going to have the parade on Saturday. And then we're going to have college football. We're going to have Alabama and Arkansas, 6 o'clock Central Time. Uh, ESPN, by the way, Greg McElroy, uh, my understanding, going to be the color analyst on that bro- broadcast to go along with Tom Luganville on the sidelines. Dave Pash. I like Dave Pash. I think he's a really good play-by-play guy. I really do. Fun guy to listen to. But Greg will be here, and I believe the 2009 National Championship team is getting together the 10-year anniversary of Nick Saban's first National Championship team here at the University of Alabama. So a big, big weekend in a number of ways. Again, hopefully weather will cooperate. If not, the show goes on. I mean, we're still going to get it done around here. That's kind of the way it works. Uh, Alabama, again, out there today in full pads. Uh, no sign of Tuatanga Vailoa. You heard from Nick Saban earlier today on the SEC coaches teleconference. Didn't really have an update on Tua, although you know it does sound like once you get five, six days into this, well, perhaps you start to see Tua do some weight-bearing type stuff, nothing major, but then perhaps into the middle of next week, the bye week, Uh, You get a little better look at exactly where he's trending in advance of that LSU game on November the 9th. With Tua absent out there on Wednesday, it was what you would expect in the quarterback line. Mac Jones in line to make his first start uh, at Alabama. Uh, You had Talia Tonga-Vailoa working there behind Mac Jones. You had Paul Tyson, Braxton Barker, the walk-on, son of Jay in that mix. Um... We don't see Slade Bolden throw it around with the quarterbacks, if you're wondering. Uh, he's over there with the wide receivers. and kind of saved that, I think, for after we leave the, uh, the Wildcat stuff with Slash Slade Bolden. Um, and the quarterbacks look pretty good. I mean, while we're out there, they're throwing against air. I mean, they're just throwing to receivers, sometimes backs, tight ends. Uh, but Mac Jones, Talia, those guys ripping that slant in there, you know, ripping in some of those deep balls. Some of the uh, dig routes, so the uh, quarterback's looking pretty good out there today. Offensive line still looking the same as it has for the last couple of games. Lane and Dickerson at center with Evan Neal at left guard. Um, also Deontay Brown at right guard. Your tackles, Alex Leatherwood 
and Jedrick Wills. So expect more of the same from the offensive line perspective. Uh, defensively, that's typically on Wednesday, a day that Alabama works on its dime package. That's six defensive backs. Uh, that looked to be status quo once again for what we've seen really over the last month, which means Shaheem Carter at star with your corners uh, being Patrick Sertan II, Trayvon Diggs. I'm sure those guys are anxious to get back on the field because, frankly, uh, it probably wasn't the best of games last week. The numbers looked all right um, for the Alabama pass defense, but you know, had multiple flags back there, gave up a few plays. Uh, so I would think Patrick Sertan, Trayvon Diggs. Interesting game for Trayvon Diggs this week because it was in the Arkansas game a year ago in which he suffered the foot injury that cost him the rest, the second half of the 2018 season. So uh, not so good memories for Trayvon Diggs from this game a year ago in Fayetteville. But the rest of that secondary, Xavier McKinney, Jordan Battle, Jared Maiden. Now we did see some guys shadowing some defensive backs in that first group. We did see Josh Job shadowing Patrick Sertan at right corner. We did see Daniel Wright shadowing Jared Maiden uh, at safety. So that was kind of interesting to note. I think when you look ahead to, say, LSU and what the initial plan was for that secondary, and I think what Nick Saban and Charles Kelly and Carl Scott and defensive coordinator Pete Golding were sort of hoping for was that Job would take over at the one corner in the nickel and the dime with Trayvon Diggs at the other corner. And that would allow Patrick Sertan to play that star position because when you go against LSU in a couple weeks, you're going to have to be able to defend those inside receivers. LSU, it took 100 years plus of football, but LSU appears to have figured out that if you get elite receivers inside matched up with nickelbacks and safeties, you can hit a lot of big plays, and that's what we're seeing from LSU. So uh, I still think it, it looks right now like it's going to stay the same way that it's been, and that's not to say Shaheem Carter can't get the job done. Um, he's a veteran. Uh, you've seen him come up big in some big games like Georgia in the Southeastern Conference Championship game last December. Uh, but you kind of think back to the, the early season and what that look was and having three true corners on the field whereas Shaheem's kind of more of a safety playing star. And you think about those matchups ahead with LSU because Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, who has been injured for LSU, it appears as if he will try to make it back for the Auburn Tigers this weekend. And of course, LSU, like Alabama, goes into a bye week. Up front on the defense, uh, a dime rabbit's day. It looks like Christian Barmore is still gonna be paired up in some of that with Raquan Davis and obvious passing situations to go along with Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings on the edges. Um, you know, you're still trying to develop some legitimate depth in that pass rush, uh, because even if you do feel good about your first four guys, you know, over the course of 70, 75 snaps, and 20, 25 of those are true pass rush situations at least, you know, you'd like to be able to roll in some more depth. And uh, I think they're still in the, the discovery stages of trying to do just that, not only at outside linebacker, to go along with Lewis and Jennings, but also in that interior pass rush, young guys like Byron Young, uh, Justin Aboigbe, DJ Dale, you know, still trying to get there from that perspective. And there's a lot of coaching going on on the defensive side. We're out there for just a little bit, but it, it doesn't take long to realize that Pete Golding is is still teaching linebacking 101 to his guys. 
um, Brian Baker with that defensive line, especially yesterday. You may have seen our video on BamaOnline.com. I mean, just the 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 technique of getting off blocks, you know, because that was an issue against Tennessee. Tennessee hit some runs on a particular run play that got the math kind of a hat on a hat. And when that's the case, somebody's got to get off a block and make a play on the back. And Alabama struggled with that with uh, Tim Jordan and Ty Chandler on occasion last Saturday night. So that's kind of a look at the defensive side of the ball. We did see the punters and kickers on the far field. Uh, Ty P. Ryan, the sensation uh, so far in the last uh, couple of weeks with the kicking game. Uh, with that group, it'll be interesting to see if Ty P. Ryan can sustain that performance in the third quarter against Tennessee. Uh, you watch him on the practice field, you see that he's certainly got the talent. Uh, and he didn't seem phased at all by the uh, the moment last Saturday night on the third Saturday of October. Handled it extremely well. So that's kind of where it's at right now with this football team uh, as we pass the midway point of the practice week. Um, you got anything for me? We'll get to it. Brian asking about the defensive line. Yeah, Brian, I think, you know, when you look at your your base package right now, you're still looking at DJ Dale, Byron Young, another true freshman, uh, and then you're going to have Raquan Davis as your first three guys. So you kind of know that right now. Um, you know, where it gets interesting is when you start shifting into some more pass rush looks. Christian Barmore becomes more of a factor to go along with Raquan Davis. You know, DJ Dale can stay in there and still give you some pass rush. Fedarian Mathis is a guy that can swing between in, end and tackle. Um, so I think that's kind of where you're at right now. It looks like Stefan Wynn's trying to ramp back up into that rotation as well. Um, you know, Barmore's a guy that I don't think the trust level's there with yet in terms of sort of every down opportunities, but his ability to get after the quarterback sort of undeniable, even if it isn't textbook in terms of how they like it done every single time. He's proven he can be disruptive and so he's probably going to continue to be a part of that look. Anything else today before we get out of here? I'm trying to see if. Well, that's going to do it then. Here's another thing, too, though, guys and girls. I know you're ready. You're waiting on Eric Gilbert, the five-star tight end from Marietta, Georgia. I believe it's Eric. I mean, you don't spell Eric with an A, right? Um, Gilbert getting ready to announce his commitment coming up here, I guess in the next hour, between five and six central is when that's supposed to go down. Uh, over in Atlanta, I think he's doing it at the College Football Hall of Fame actually, as a part of his All-America game jersey ceremony. And so, you know, Alabama, according to the crystal ball, looks to be in really good shape for Eric Gilbert, 6'5", 253 pounds. Um, a guy that if you've watched his tape or you've watched him this season in any form or fashion, another one of these sort of new era tight ends that's really more of a wide receiver that will eventually convert somewhat into a tight end position. But again, with the way offenses like Alabama and others are using those guys now flexed out, uh, like Irv Smith Jr. the last couple of years, O.J. Howard you've seen it with in the past, uh, that would be a very nice pickup for this offense, a needed pickup when you start thinking about partnering uh, a guy like Gilbert with Bryce Young potentially or Talia Tonga-Bailoa or whoever, Mac Jones, whoever the next 
starting quarterback on a full-time basis here uh, at Alabama is. But uh, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to BamaOnline.com. We're going to have that covered for you wall-to-wall. Uh, if Gilbert does announce for Alabama, you can expect a breaking news podcast uh, with Tim Watts, publisher of BamaOnline.com, and myself. Uh, and again, there'll be updates galore. Either way, you know whether it's Alabama, whether it's Georgia, Clemson. I know Tennessee's been involved with Gilbert, but that's the that's going to be the big news, obviously, of this afternoon as the Crimson Tide looks to continue to narrow that gap between itself and the Clemson Tigers uh, for the top spot, top team ranking, rating for the class of 2020. So there you go. That's a wrap for instant analysis on a Wednesday. Have a great rest of your evening. Keep it locked in to BamaOnline.com for more coverage coming up right now of the Gilbert announcement over in Atlanta.